Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you this morning. Good morning, and welcome to everybody who's worshiping with us by Facebook Live. Um, we are excited to be thinking about um, all of our, our youth and youth parents and kids that are having fun at Camp Lee or worshiping outside today. And um, I don't know how much sleep they got last night. Do you know how much sleep? Probably not much. They were FaceTiming Casey in the middle of the night. But anyway, they're having a great time. I'm very, very proud of our youth group and, and our youth parents and Pastor Andy for all the things that they do. Um, we have a couple of announcements, and I'm going to ask Mark Kundra, our um, Board of Stewards chairperson, to come up and make an announcement, too. I want to remind you that there are some red buckets around the church, and what those are for is our September mission focus, which is the Etowah Free Community Clinic. In those red buckets, we're supposed to be collecting things for the community-free clinic and like paper towels and essentials like that. You can find the list out by the buckets. You can find the list also on our newsletter on our website. Help us to help others in our community. This is a wonderful thing that our community offers. So that's our September mission focus. Uh, the other thing is no brunch club today. They're loading up for October. It's going to be a blast in October, but no lunch uh, brunch club today. And October the 19th is Fall Festival. See Catherine to volunteer. Thanks, Sam. Hope everybody can hear me okay. Good morning. On behalf of the church staff and the task force, I wanted to kind of give you an update on uh, the vote coming up and kind of share some tips with you if you don't mind. Obviously, uh, everyone, hopefully you know that the vote's going to be, uh, church conference vote's going to be on Tuesday, September the 27th. If you're a member, you should have received a letter in the mail. If for whatever reason you didn't, I happen to have a, a copy of one, so catch me after the service, and, and I'll be happy to share that with you if you're a member. But um, just to let you know, this is going to be... Uh, very, very similar to how you vote when you go to your general election. Um, we're going to uh, have 16 volunteers to help guide you and direct you through this. So this will be a very simple, easy process. Pastor Sam and Pastor Andy and Sheila Freeman will be kind of roving around throughout the, the, the event and directing you where to go. We're going to have greeters. Um, uh, there's going to be a uh, help center in the, uh, at the church office for those of you that may have questions about your membership. So have plenty of direction, uh, pl plenty of, of help to shepherd you through there. Uh, just want to let you know uh, we're going to open the, the polls of the voting process a little early. We got some feedback from you after last week saying, hey, can we expand it a little bit? So we are. So we're going to uh, at 545 on Tuesday. 5.45 p.m., 15 minutes earlier, we're going to open it up. A lot of you indicated that you have church or after-school activities or situations that will prevent you from getting here, uh, so we want to expand it a little bit. So um, we are also going to encourage all of those that need special assistance um, to, 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 to come early and vote, where you can come in and, and place your ballot and then maybe get home before it gets dark. Uh, our uh, drop-off by the um, entrance and the ramp will be available for you, and we'll have greeters to assist you. Um, 
the other thing I want to share with you that we're going the polls will remain open till like 631 actually so and what that means is if you're in line and um, at 630 then we're going to allow anybody in line at 630 to vote okay anybody in line to vote at 630 uh, just like the polls we ask that you bring some form of, of ID photo ID and that's to help us that are challenged with faces matching faces with names set this down for a flop it so some form of photo ID to, to go through uh, just like the polls we're gonna have um, the um, three tables registration tables you go in you find that the table that represents the uh, alphabet of your last name and you get in that line you'll be uh, you'll sign a register you'll be given a ballot and you walk right into the sanctuary inside the sanctuary we'll have tables on either side for you to fill out your ballot it's gonna be a very simple ballot you've got two choices you know remain or disaffiliate two quick choices the ballot box will be somewhere close to where I'm standing now. We'll have two representatives saying, you know, put your ballots right in here. You'll fold your ballot. You'll put it in. And then you have that option of remaining for a little service, or you can leave. Because immediately after the voting process, we'll go count the votes, and then we'll make that announcement. Our district superintendent, Jeff Davis, will make that announcement. We will post the results on all of our normal media channels that we use so if you don't feel like you can stay you know would certainly welcome all of you to come stay but if you if you feel like you like to vote and go home you can get in and out we feel like in less than 15 minutes depending on the size of the line so it's gonna be very simple very easy but most importantly it's gonna be set up with a structure and process we feel like it's gonna be very efficient but let me just close by saying I think it's important that we, regardless of how long it takes us, this is a very important decision in the history of our church. We all made a vow when we, when we uh, joined a member of a church to be part of a church. So I, I consider this to be a very important part of that. And um, several of you had opportunity to hear uh, Reverend Gooch uh, from Hoke's Bluff. And he indicated they, they just recently had a voting process. So we need to make sure that a large number of people are involved in making the decision. He announced, if you heard him speak, he said we had a vote and 100 people voted. Well, he didn't tell you there were 400 members of that church, so 25%. All right, we need a, a very large representation to make this important decision. So I want to thank you. I'm going to uh, and, and thank the task force and the staff for putting all this together. I will be available after this service and between the next service and at the end of the next service. So if you have any questions at all, please let me know. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. Will you stand together now and worship? Okay. You can join today or next time.
and our kids are going to go with Miss Catherine to Children's Church. They're going to have a big time as always. So I want to thank our praise band, and I want to thank Joe for stepping up and being in our praise band today. Yay, Joe. Yeah. Okay. And thank you for being a part of our worship today. I, I forgot to say this morning, and I always, I always love this, if you're worshiping with us online today, uh, tell us where you're worshiping from, and uh, say hello to us and let us know who's out there. We like that. This is our time for giving of our tithes and offerings. It's time for us to, to draw together with one another and pray. And um, we, I, I, we want to thank you for supporting all the great things that we do here. We couldn't have an awesome youth ministry doing uh, a retreat at Camp Lee if it weren't for your support. We couldn't have missions like the community, um, community health clinic and all the things that we support and children's and, and you have done. We couldn't have any of this without your support. So thank you. And uh, thank you for your support by your, your gifts and also by your volunteer hours and, and your heart. Uh, we have a lot of prayer requests, of course, all the things that Mark brought up, and this, is, um, this has been a stressful time for everybody involved. Um, I pray that we can just kind of let the peace of the Lord wash over us and, and trust that this is going to work out uh, and that God's will is going to be done. And we pray for people around the world that are struggling right now, for those in war-torn countries, for those who've had to flee their homes because of war or because of violence, for the people who are warm-heartedly taking them in, and for those in our, our church family who are struggling with health issues. We remember especially Mr. Uh, Alex Holtzford, and many of you have uh, know Alex, and we say a little special prayer for him. He's a special person to us. There's a prayer list that you can find on our, um, our church website and, and on the, the little sheet that you, you find by the offering plate back there. And that will give you some direction in your praying. Will you join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer? Lord, sometimes we, we forget to pray until after we find ourselves painted into a corner. Help us to make prayer the first order of business and not the last resort. We come to you today so thankful for what you've given to us, for this, this beautiful opportunity to worship you with this church family, with these Christ followers in this place. And Lord, we all know that we come to you just as we are, warts and all. We all know that we are sometimes just a big old mess. But you love us, Lord. And you receive us just as we are, and you promise not to leave us just as we are. You are always at work in us, and your Holy Spirit is always building into us the things that we need as you shape us into a more Christ-like version of us. God, we pray for our church. Uh, Lord, sometimes we're, we're stressed out, and sometimes we disagree, but at the heart, we want to fulfill our mission, which is sharing Christ and making disciples and serving and giving hope. So help us to help us to do the best we can, Lord, to let the mission be the mission and not everything else. Those who are on our hearts and those who are on our prayer list, we lift up to you. 
We also lift up to you, Lord, the, the tithes and the offerings that are given by, by your people. And we pray that you would bless them, that you'd multiply them, that you would use them for your kingdom's purposes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Our scripture today is from the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And you're invited to join me as we share the scripture together. I think it's going to be up on the screen for you. Everybody turn and wave at the sound booth back there. They're always doing their job, and we don't ever say thank you. So thank you, everybody back there. All right. Chapter 2 of 1 Timothy, verses 1 through 7. First of all, then... I urge you that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and for all who are in high positions, so that they may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there's one God... There is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this I was appointed as a herald and, a and, and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of the, the great things that I love the most about, about reading the Bible is that we read the New Testament in light of the Old Testament, and we read the Old Testament in light of the New Testament, and we read both in the light of the living word, Jesus Christ, and that is how 66 books that were put together over hundreds of years all point to the same reality, the reality that, that Paul was writing to Timothy about, that God in Christ is reconciling the world to himself because that is what God desires. And so how does that work? How does it work to, to read the Old Testament in light of the New Testament and the New Testament in light of the Old Testament? Well, here's how it works in, in my brain. I, not everybody's brain works the same. And so here's, here's how it works in my brain. I see something that the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy in the New Testament. And what it makes me do is think of an Old Testament character, Jonah. And you might say, Jonah, what are you talking about, Pastor Sam? Well, just listen to this. Hear me out. Verses 1 through 3 of chapter 1 of Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish, and he paid his fare and went aboard to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Jonah gets a word from God to go to Nineveh. But he really, really, really did not want to go to Nineveh because, well, first of all, the Ninevites were enemies of the Israelites. They'd been fighting for years. Uh, secondly, Nineveh was a wicked city. It was not the place for a good Jewish boy to go. It was, it was kind of sin city, and he didn't want to go there. But the biggest reason... The biggest, most important reason that Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh was that he hated the Ninevites. I'm just being honest with you. He just flat out hated them. 
He hated them so much that he would rather see God destroy them than for them to repent and have God save them. That's how much he hated them. And so this hatred and this bitterness in his heart for the, what he considered the other, the Ninevites, was, was just boiling inside of him. And, and what that being the case, the first thing he should have done when God told him to do that is get down on his knees and say, God, you got to help me fix my heart so I can go and talk to these Ninevites because I want to tell you what, I can't stand them. They make me sick. That should have been the first thing that he did was get down on his knees and pray, God, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to help me. Instead, he ran away, right? He ran away. Two times in the first three verses of the book of Jonah, it mentions that he was fleeing the presence of the Lord. Lord, this is where you want me to go. I'm going over here. But let me ask you a question. From experience, can you really, really ever run away from God? No, <laughs> you can't. I can tell you from experience. Wherever you go, God's already going to be there. Wherever you go, God is pursuing you because God loves you. So you know the story. Jonah gets on the ship. They get out to sea. God sends a great wind. And the desperate sailors don't know what's causing this storm. They're, they're, they're pagans. They're not, they're not God-fearing people, but they know something's going on. And they know that that the gods are angry with them, so they cast lots. And their lots, even though these are, are not godly people, they cast their lots, and the lot falls on Jonah. And so they say, hey, dude, the lots fell on you. What's going on? Why are we running into this storm? We're all going to die. Because they'd already tried to throw everything overboard they could to keep from swamping the boat. Jonah, to his credit, volunteered to be thrown overboard to keep the rest of the people from being destroyed. And so reluctantly, the sailors threw him into the sea, and God sent a great fish. In my mind, it's always a whale. I don't know. It might not have been a whale, but in my mind, it's a whale, and it swallowed Jonah. And now, I want you to listen to verse 1 of chapter 2 of Jonah. Then Jonah prayed. To the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. Then he prayed. I hope you can see where I'm going with this because Paul in his letter to Timothy starts out with, first of all then, pray. First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. First of all, pray. But we don't do that first of all sometimes instead we do other things and instead you know what every time I read the Bible I see myself in those characters don't you every time I read the book of Jonah I see myself in Jonah don't you I mean God wants us to do something but we don't want to do that right maybe we got bitterness in our hearts that that uh, towards somebody that God wants us to talk to. We're like, I don't want to talk to, I don't want to, talk to that person. Ew. But God wants us to do that. And we don't want to do it because we're in some way prejudiced toward him. Maybe we're even to the point that Jonah was at where we would rather see God not show mercy to them than we would to go and offer God's grace to them. That's where Jonah was. 
It's not pretty, but it's where he was. So, this is the way he felt. He needed some heart work. When he finally did go to Nineveh and preach after he'd been through the whole whale thing and the whale puking him up on shore and everything, he preached and the Ninevites repented. Every one of them repented. And Jonah got mad at God and pouted and said something like, God, I knew you were like this. I knew you'd forgive them. But Jonah didn't actually start praying until he was in the belly of the fish. Now listen to Paul's words again. First of all, pray. You might be thinking, preacher, I, I really still don't see the connection between Paul and, and Jonah. Well, let me make the connection a little bit. Let me connect the dots a little bit more for you. Paul used to be known as Saul, right? And, and at the time he was known as Saul, he, was, he hated the Christians so much that he went around and persecuted them and threw them in jail and killed some of them. He hated the Christians as much as Jonah hated the Ninevites, right? He wanted them, he wanted them wiped out, just like Jonah wanted the Ninevites wiped out. And like Jonah, Paul was on a trip... <laughs> And had his trip interrupted by God. And, and in Paul's case, he was struck down on the road to Damascus. And he had to be led blind by the hand into Damascus. And listen to this. For three days and for three nights, Paul was blind. With nothing to do, total darkness, nothing to do but to pray and to think. For three days. And for three nights, darkness, nothing to do but pray and think. So when Paul writes to Timothy and says, hey, young man, the first thing you need to do is pray. Paul knows this from experience. So here's what I say to you today. Prayer is the first order of business, not the last resort. Prayer is like a, a, a gemstone. It's with all kinds of different beautiful facets because Paul used at least four words for prayer here. He uses supplication, which is, it just kind of means a request. It's not necessarily a religious thing. You can make a request of anybody. You just have to realize, hey, I need some help. I can't deal with this on my own, so I request help. The second word he uses is prayers, and it's a little bit different from the first word. It is one that's only used in relation to God. There are some things that only God can do, some things that only God can help us with, certain needs that only God can satisfy. And then he uses a third word, intercessions. And that one is really, really interesting because of the way it went from the original, which meant to kind of fall in with a person, to keep company with a person, and it went from there to holding an intimate conversation with the person over the years. And then the meaning turned into a special meeting before the king where one kneels and submits a petition to the, to the king. A petition on behalf of oneself or someone else. But a heartfelt petition from a person of lower position to the king. So when I think about these words used for prayer by Paul, I think about like 
turning on a, a stove, like a gas stove, and you turn the flame on, it's still it's the flame, but then you, if you need to turn the heat up a little bit, you turn it up a little bit in intensity, right? Uh, because things are getting more intense. And, and what starts out as, as supplications turns to prayers, and then it turns to intercessions because the intensity of our need has heated up. We know the difference, don't we, between God bless me and God bless all my friends to God, please help. It's a level of request that turns into intensity, and that's what Paul says. And then he says, thanksgiving, the Greek word eucharista, thanksgiving, prayer is not just asking God for stuff, it's also thanking God for stuff. All right. Turn around and look at the, the resurrection window, if you will. You see the angels that are bowing before Christ. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but they have two different positions of their hands. One is with hands folded, like presenting the petitions before people, and the other is hands over the heart, just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Um, prayer has so many different facets. And prayer, most of the time, is just help me, help me, Lord. But it also needs to be thank you. Thank you, Lord. Pray in everything. Pray before anything else. Pray. First order of business. Then for whom do we pray? Well, for everyone, Paul says. Everyone. He says, pray for everyone. You mean everyone? Everyone. Even those people, even the Ninevites, everyone. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Pray for everyone. Even people you don't like. Maybe especially for people you don't like. And then secondly, he says, pray for kings and for those in high positions. Well, you know, we don't have, we're not subject to King Charles like some people might be, but we don't. Look, let's just make this simple. Pray for global, national, state, local leaders. Anybody who is in a position of leadership needs your prayers no matter what level, pray for them. Don't pray on them. You see what I mean? Pray for them. But I didn't vote for them. Well, you could still pray for them because Paul didn't qualify that. He said, pray for them. Here's how you pray for them. Here's how you pray for them. Pray that those in positions of leadership would be able to lead quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. Verse 2. That's how you pray for them. Well, why would I want to do that? Well, verse 3 tells us why. Because this is right and this is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires that everyone be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Everyone, even ones you don't like. Even the ones you didn't vote for. Even the Ninevites of the world. Pray for them. 
Because God doesn't just love people who look like me and think like me. God loves people who get on my nerves, too. And God calls me to love and pray for people that I really just don't like to be around. That is a hard pill to swallow, but God is bigger than me. And God calls me out of my little narrow focus to think bigger than myself. You see, there's one God, one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. All means all, y'all. I know that sounded kind of cheesy, but it rhymes. All means all, y'all. And to that point, Paul said, you know, I never thought I'd be like this, but God has appointed me to be herald and apostle and teacher to the Gentiles in faith and truth. To the Gentiles. To the ones that are kind of like the Ninevites. To the one who before I would have gladly seen condemned and judged by God. Paul said, God sent me specifically to those folks. Imagine Paul, a former Pharisee, sent to Gentile nations to plant churches. you got to love God's sense of humor. All right, let me finish by asking you to do something. Pray. That's it. Pray for everyone. And say a special prayer for those in leadership positions. Because, you know, as well as I do, these are difficult, emotional, divisive, stressful times that we live in. It's harder to be in leadership today than maybe ever. I don't know. Maybe ever. At the same time, we need, I say we because I stand in the leadership position, we need a quiet, peaceable, godly, dignified life. And Everybody needs quiet, peaceable, godly, dignified leadership now more than ever. We always need that. So pray for those in leadership positions. Pray for me. Pray for Pastor Andy. Pray for Sheila and Catherine and our church staff. Pray for our lay leadership. Pray for our church. Pray for those in our community and in our state and our nation that are called to lead. Pray for those who are in all, specifically on our task force trying to get us prepared for an important, momentous time in our church. Pray not as a last resort. Don't wait until you get in the belly of the whale or struck down blind on the road to Damascus to pray. Prayer is the first order of business. Let us pray. Lord, when we really think about it, a call to prayer is a request from you to be in your presence. And that's kind of amazing that you uh, would want to be with us and that you would offer a way for us to present our petitions to you, directly to you, because of the one who was the mediator between all humankind and you, Jesus Christ himself, has opened the door for us to pray. It is in his name 
that we offer our prayers right now. God, you know our hearts. There's not a thing in our hearts that can be hidden from you. And, and Lord, we know that there are some things in there that uh, are not pleasing in your sight. We, we lift all of that to you, too. Um, our pain and our hurts, our hurt feelings, the parts of us that we don't think anybody knows about, we lift all of that to you. Knowing that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the ways that we pray is, uh, is we invite you to come to the altar and pray. Uh, you can come and kneel and pray by yourself. Grab the hand of somebody you want to come pray with you. You can do that as, as our praise team leads us. At the end of our song, if you uh, wish to come and, and join and unite with this, this family, this church family, I invite you to do that. Um, but let's stand together as we sing.
Uh, Joe and Casey, if you'll come on up. Um, their son Bay was confirmed to join our church earlier this year, and uh, today they're come Casey from another United Methodist Church and Joe from another denomination to join and be a part of our church family. And uh, we want to just welcome you. We love you, and we've we've grown accustomed to your faces, <laughs> and we love your family too. And so I just ask you on behalf of the church. Do you support this church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service, and your witness? Yes. We welcome you. Thank you, Thank you for, for being a part of uh, this fun bunch. All right, so receive now our benediction. Oh, Lord, go with us. Lead us to the places you would have us to go. Help us to share you wherever we go. And help us to know how deeply we are loved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.